Testing. I am testing. Are we here? I'm talking, and it's making wiggly lines when I talk. <laughs> That's the sign. <laughs> That's the sign that it's working. All right. Are we on? We're going. We're rolling. We're rolling. Wow. Welcome back, man. It's been so long. It's been a long time. We had a long interlude there. You know what? I was thinking about this. Yeah. This show is being force-fed a diet of nothing but Salisbury steak and cheese strings, so it's not very regular. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. That, was, like, that was a fairly contrived uh, <laughs> opening. The look of confusion <laughs> on my face. What? Yeah, we, we don't oh, really have a rhythm you. going just yet. No, but, we don't um, have a rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's tough. When you got day yeah. jobs. You know, yeah, no but, one's paying us to do this damn thing. So. God damn it. I wish they would. Oh, that is the dream. But so yeah. far, like we've had quite a few podcasts out. No one's I, offering us any money. You cheap, cheap bastards. I'm not even sure if anyone's even listening anymore. I mentioned it to anyone I'll listen that will listen to me, but... No, 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 no. Yeah, Who knows? No, no. Oh, screw them. Yep. They, they, they don't know what they're missing out they on. They don't know what they're missing out <laughs> on. This is good times. Uh, mm. Close to me. Yeah. Podcasting snacks. Yeah. Chips are a bad one. The worst one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> if you hear us snacking, <laughs> listeners, we bought chips. <laughs> that's, I think something like noodly would have been Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Like, that's true. Not yeah. crunchy. Yeah. yeah. Ramen. Yeah. Yeah, ramen noodles. Big bowl of foam. No, not big bowl of soup. Yeah. Nothing says podcasting night like a bowl of soup. Yeah. A cold beer and a nice hot bowl of soup. All right, enough with this garbage. Let's get down to business. I like it. What's the topic? Airplanes. Airplanes. Top but five. But specifically military airplanes. There you go. Talk Top five military airplanes. So you suggested this initially, I yeah. think. I think and, I did. Uh... I am on side because... Okay, it's good because we're recording. Because we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But I have always loved airplanes. You have, yeah. Always loved airplanes. Always loved military airplanes. It's like an obsession. Do you follow that as well? I've never known you to be... Like, you're knowledgeable. No, I am not I am not what uh, what you have. Like, I mean, you, you, like, you just caught a glimpse over my shoulder and you could identify, you know, the A-10 and... Yeah. And you probably can tell the difference between the different marks of Spitfires. Mm-hmm. I, I have a... And we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a childlike love, actually from a childhood of building models. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of people get their love of airplanes. My, yeah. And my enthusiasm is primarily aesthetic. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I like history, so so I've done a bit of research. Yeah. But, but mostly, you know, like once we get into the Spitfire, yeah. I mean, my choice for that is, you know, those wings are beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I think that's... I think that's fair, though, because, I mean, part of what we're going to, like, again, this is, like, our top five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what does that yeah. mean? Like, although I'm sure they'll oh, be... I'm, oh, I'm sure um, the USAF consistent... is listening. They'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, God damn, we, we were going to cancel the, the A-10, but now... <laughs> now it's our top five. Yeah. We yeah. must keep it. Um, no, I think uh, I think these aircraft... Um, I find anything... So, Jeremy Clarkson, I mean, yeah. yeah, the, the old former BBC uh, Top Gear host... Uh, he wrote a book a f- few years ago that I have called uh, You Know You Got Soul. And it's all about, he picks like a thing, like a mechanical thing. Yeah. Uh, and then writes about how it's not just a mechanical thing. It's an it's an entity. It's a soulful entity into and of its own. It, like, it has a soul to it. Yeah. Engineering that went into it. And obviously like the cultural uh, yeah. connection with that thing makes it so much more than what it is um and i i do prescribe to that i yeah, think that's fair yeah, and which that. is why i think like the aesthetic beauty as you yeah. mentioned I, there's something to that man that's how why things 
uh, become important to us. Yeah. Now, now my my taste in aesthetics is is a bit off. Like I think we're going to talk about some of my favorite aircraft. I chose for aesthetic reasons, although many people would say that they're actually quite ugly. But okay. I kind of I kind of like that about them. Like okay. I like the the utilitarian aesthetic, particularly yeah. with like Soviet aircraft, like Soviet yeah. anything. Very utilitarian. Like man, yeah, those guys get too ugly. Like, <laughs> yeah, lot of yeah, very much. Yeah. looks like it's going forwards or backwards. Doesn't matter. Yeah, same yeah, exactly. Thing. Same car. Uh, we'll start it off, man. All right, so let's, let's do this. Let's do this chronologically. I'm going to go theme. I'm going to go World War One. Good place okay. to start. Wow. Military aviation. Yeah, that's where the it kicked off. Birthplace of military yeah. aviation. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. You know, my obvious choice for this is the uh, the Sopwith Camel. I was just going to say that. You know, I've got the, those blueprints on my wall. I've got yeah. the, the Lego Sopwith Camel yeah. above the TV. Yeah. So I was doing a bit of research, and it, you know, it occurred to me, why am I choosing the Sopwith Camel? Mm-hmm. Choosing the sop with camel out of you know cultural prejudice, you know, yeah, you're uh, British Brit- Canadian, yeah. yeah, born in yeah. the Anglosphere, so obviously yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a um, a British airplane, a British airplane, yeah. plus Snoopy, yeah, Snoopy flew the sop with camel. I think he camel. flew a sop with camel. There yeah. was a series of books. I don't know when they were written, but my mum gave them to me when I was a kid called Biggles. Uh, oh yeah, which is about about like a, a British aviator during World War One, which is like, with and he flew a sop with camel, but it's like it's an odd choice. To write a series of children's book about yeah. because like military brutal. aviation was really freaking grim <sighs> during World, World War One. Like yeah, the life expectancy nope. apparently was like two weeks or something like it that. It was like, less than that. I yeah. think it was like ten days. Yeah, life expectancy of a of a of a British pilot or a Commonwealth pilot. And uh, the Germans, I think, did allow parachutes into their pilots' aircraft. How many of them worked? Like, I was that gonna, was a that was. I mean, because I mean, they couldn't have been very high up. So no, I don't even they know couldn't. So I don't. My like, goodness, yeah. knows where much of it would yeah. have worked. But I mean, they did a padding. Allow it. You know, if you land on your yeah, back, exactly. Like, um, but uh, the British wouldn't even allow parachutes. They ah. thought it was uh, cowardly. Cowardly. Yeah. No way, really. Yeah, the pilots would like escape their aircraft too soon. Yeah. Where they could have stuck. They, to they it wouldn't and, go down like, with it. Fought, fought it out with their aircraft. They would have jumped. Yeah. There you go. So the sop but with very grim, very yeah, not a pleasant way of dying ever no. in air combat uh, ever. But back then, yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, for sure. So I did a, I did some cursory research the okay. way we do for these shows, and the sop with camel. I think it's a good candidate for for World War One, but I don't know that it was necessarily the best. So it came at the towards the end of the, the war. Yeah, I, I mean, don't the, think I don't think it had as big of an impact. No, uh, on uh, I don't mind you. I don't think military aviation in World War One. Had as much of an impact in terms of win loss. No, no, I don't as, think. It say did. in World War Two, where aviation yeah. was for me, almost seems, a deciding factor. It seems to me that aviation in World War One was just—I mean, you know—they say the Knights of the Sky and all that yeah. stuff. But it was that, in as far as like, it didn't provide any advantage to the military effort as a whole. But Not, it was just like an, a side contest yeah, going some, on strictly some tactical between, advantage, yeah. uh, in terms of observation, but very limited. Yeah, very yeah. good. Apparently, no, the, no strategic the soft with camel's main asset was being able to turn right very quickly. Like that really? Was, yeah. Is that because of the, the direction of the propeller? Would I don't spin, know why. Right, the centrifugal I, yeah. force would put it in the other direction. I don't know, but Man. apparently they could they could do it. That okay. was really its its chief asset. So but I guess the feeling fastest. that it wasn't your best. It's not your choice tonight. Though. No, I'm gonna go, uh, and I think I'm probably just gonna be a bit difficult on all of these. Okay. But yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with the albatross. Mm. So the Fokker albatross. Fokker albatross. Yeah. So in the summer of 1916, that was the plane to beat. It was. It was like absolutely dominant. 
in part, I think, because its chief innovation was it, it was the first one, and I know there's a technical term for this, and I can't remember what it is, but it had the, the machine gun that fired through the propeller. Yep. So instead of having it off to the side or above the wing. Above the wing, yeah. yeah. You could, you know, the way the plane was pointed was the way the bullets were going to yeah. go. And it had a synchronization Synchronization, system. that's it, yes. That would, it would fire yeah. through the propeller and yeah. spin. Yep. Yep. That's so, true. So, so it, it eventually was outclassed. And it's really interesting reading about World War I military aviation because it doesn't start off really in any real way until 1916. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of months. Like for a couple of months, one side's plane will be dominant. So so from I think like April till August 1916, mm. the Fokker Albatross, which is interesting. Uh, I think it's a monoplane. Like it's a one wing. Yeah. Which is was, it or is it a biplane? I, think, uh, well, I, think I thought it, it was a biplane. But I thought it was like not. the Eindecker or something like that, oh, which maybe. makes me suggest yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, it was dominant for that. the The French Newport, Newport. Eleven came along and yeah. took it out, and then the, I believe it might have been the Sopwith triplane came along mm-hmm. and became dominant. Then the um, the Fokker, Fokker no, the Albatross tri- isn't isn't Fokker. It's anyway, anyway, yeah. the 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 Fokker triplane. I think it's the DR one. Yeah. The, the Red Baron. Flew. Red Baron's plane. And yeah. then the 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 Sopwith Camel comes along. Yeah. And it's dominant sort of up until the end of the war, but towards the end of the war new planes are coming along that are actually better but then the war ends so it, it doesn't ends. matter so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go just because of the synchronization just because there is a period of like absolute dominance by the albatross mm-hmm. i'm going with the albatross I as think world war one's uh i didn't really uh so i didn't bring uh, a world war one aircraft into this list oh, you uh, i should have but i can do it on short notice mm. and i will go different i'll go the se5 what's the se5 so it was a british fighter plane and it's probably you know, to be honest with you, it's probably more imbo- uh, uh, more symbolic of uh, the Royal Flying Corps in World War One than I would even practically than even the Sopwith Camel. It was the plane of Billy Bishop. Okay, it was yeah. a plane of Edward Manick. Nick yeah. Manick, I think, was the highest scoring British ace or Commonwealth ace. Uh, it was a and it was unique in because it was a liquid cooled engine. Because hmm. all the other engines at that time were radial engines, yeah. and the SE five was uh, not. It had a little radiator. Uh, underneath the propeller, underneath yeah. the spinner, and it was uh, yeah, which would end up being quite common uh, later on. See, this is the technical know-how that's going to separate you yeah, from, me, from my choice. Yeah, going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's yeah. I mean, it was a, a fairly consistent airframe because you're right. Like these planes would come through in like months. Yeah, and then be completely outclassed. Yeah, like six weeks later. The other thing is like <laughs> so few of them were built. Like yeah, like like we're yeah. talking like production runs of like a hundred, yeah, two hundred, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. There wasn't not like you see in World War Two, yeah, where you just you know churning them out, oh, churning it like crazy, uh, like Hawker Hurricanes. I think like you know I don't know like fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand, yeah. and they you know yeah. ceased production in forty four, yeah, like they weren't even in production for the last year yeah. and a half of the war. Um, but the SC five, I go the SC five, good choice. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a pretty classic looking design from that area. Um, it, it's hard to make aesthetic choices on World War One planes. Yeah, just they're because they're so they all kind of look like string baggy. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They don't have that sort of. You don't see that beauty in yeah. aviation coming until where I think we're going to go to now yeah. is World War Two. Well, unless you unless you have an interwar plane that you're particularly uh, fond of, not really. The Spirit of St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Hawker Hunter. Or, yes, sorry, yes, the Hart. Sorry, the well, Hawker the, uh, Hart. The Bristol Bowfighter, bow something. Oh, bow, 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 bowfighter. That was actually that was plane. actually used. Yeah, that was in World War Two. That was actually yeah. an amazing aircraft. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It's, it's a it's a plane I only know by name. Bristol I know Bowfighter. Nothing about yeah, it. it was quite good. It ended up being more outclassed 
by the mosquito. Oh, this is... Okay. Oh, so, are we, is this an introduction, then? We may as well go there, because that was going to be my surprise. I was going to pull it out of the bag and say, my favorite World War II plane. Ah, uh, that... I totally will buy you a beer for that. That is yeah. a great aircraft, uh, man. Such a good airplane. Yeah. So, the reason I like the mosquito, bunch of bunch of reasons. One, because it doesn't really have any particular defined role. Like, I don't like these... these well, no, it is the epitome of multi-role aircraft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not an interceptor. And and it's like the perfect British plane for World War II. Made when out of Britain, wood. Made out of wood. Made out of wood. And it, and, and Termite's it's like, dream, they nicknamed it. <laughs> and it just runs these goofy little missions, like, you know, the, the raid on the prison at Amiens. Yeah. That, like, like, had no bearing on the outcome of the war. But, but it made the British feel... were what yeah, they were yeah, doing. Yeah, that made the British feel good. And it made a great movie in, like, 1957 so the, or something So like the that. variants of the Mosquito, yeah. you have uh, a, light, <laughs> a light bomber version. Yeah. Which is no, which you can identify because it had a glass nose. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So that was a light bomber. Is that where the bombardier is? Bombardier or, or the navigator slash bombardier. He would normally sit up behind the pilot. Yeah, he would go up into the nose, crawl up the nose, and they'd drop. Bombs. Okay, yeah. Um, that outside of the bombs was on an unarmed aircraft. Yeah, so it would just race in, drop bombs, and leave. And it was used a lot by pathfinders. Because it was, it could fly in so quickly. So it drops the, the bombs drop that like will the, indicate. It, the, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like the colored um, 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 pyrotechnics and yeah. stuff like that to mark the target. But then you have the you have like a night interceptor role. So or night intruder. A, sorry, a night intruder. So the different roles of planes. Yeah. So interceptor is intercepting bombers. Right? Yeah, that's okay. right. So you'd have a, you did have a night fighter version of it yeah. which had a radar on board. Okay, what is a night fighter? Is why does it why do you need a separate type of plane to be a fighter at night? You, is it for the radar? That's sort of why it why some aircraft become designated night fighters. Yes, mm-hmm. cuz cuz the Americans actually built a designated night fighter during World War one or World War Two, sorry, the P sixty one Black Widow, okay. and it looks like a P thirty eight. You know, it has the twin booms. Yeah, and but it was actually huge. It had a crew of three, a pilot, a tail gunner, navigator. Is it one and of those planes that has operator. like that that really long cockpit that you know that sort of yeah. goes up, that looks like a subway car? Almost. Exactly, because like, yeah. there's a whole bunch of people yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. Uh, but the Mosquito, they just used it as a night fighter uh, because they could put a radar up front on it. So what's an intruder? So a night intruder, uh, different, it would actually range out over Germany or France, yeah. or occupied territory, and it would actually circle airfields and wait for air, German aircraft to land. So it would often accompany um, bomber streams, because the, okay. uh, the British, the Commonwealth would bomb at night, yeah. and uh, German night fighters would go up to intercept the, the bombers, and then they would come down to land and refuel, but there would be night intruders, these mosquitoes, they would be circling the airfields, waiting for them to land. And as soon as the lights came on for yeah. these aircraft to land, they would swoop in and shoot them out on their final approach. Very sneaky, That's, very vicious. Yeah. yeah. Very vicious. I love it. I didn't realize you were going to come in here with all this just off the top of oh, your head. Just, this is great. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got like a couple of Wikipedia <laughs> entries. You've got like Encyclopedia Britannica uh, back there. That yeah. version of the Mosquito yeah. was armed with four 20 millimeter cannons and four 303 machine guns. All in the nose, firing forward. That is so a lot of fire. That is like a precursor to the A-10 kind of thing. Yeah, right? like, like yeah. The, the, almost like a gunship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that same version, because it was quite quick, that version, actually. And it would end up, it was used uh, to intercept V-1 
V1 rockets okay, yeah. as well. I didn't know they intercepted the them. They would. Yeah, they would dive out of the sky. They they would have to get a good dive on, okay, number one. Yeah. Get a dive out. But the 20 millimeter cannon had such a long range and such a punch is that they could uh, blow them out of the sky, the V1s. That's interesting. And so they would so use that was the uh, first, mosquitoes like, for yeah. that. Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what other... Oh, there, the probably a pretty common version, too, was a... Uh, like a anti-shipping, like a strike yeah. version, so it would carry rockets to attack uh, ships at yeah. sea um, and bombs to, to drop on ships at sea. I love so these unconventional roles. Yeah. I, love, I love, like, maritime patrol aircraft and maritime attack. Yeah, and maritime like. attack. Like, what, yeah. was the, what was the the ship that... Uh, not the ship, sorry, the plane that sank the Bismarck. It was like a biplane. It oh, was a the ferry? soccer... The, the uh, swordfish. Is it a swordfish? Okay, Sword, yeah, yeah, fairy yeah. swordfish. Fairy swordfish, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, three-man crew yeah. called the string bag because it just... Yeah, it looks like it, a piece of garbage, right? It does. Yeah. I mean, and very slow, and it was it was like an outdated aircraft when World War II started. Yeah. But it was really... The Royal Navy never really had priority for aircraft, and the Royal Navy really never really thought, you know, much to their eventual chagrin. Yeah, 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 exactly. Demise. So, uh, thought much well, of mid- naval aviation. Task Force Z. Exactly, yeah. yeah Task yeah. Force Z in the, off the coast of Singapore. Like, yeah. They literally thought the battleship was ruler of the waves. Yeah. And uh, so they put, although they did have aircraft carriers, they didn't really put a lot into their airplanes. Yeah. Airplanes Well, because the, the Swordfish was launched, it was like a slingshot launch, wasn't it? Uh, was no, it launched? No, it was launched off carriers. Oh, it but it, it off could carriers? be launched okay. off of like ships as well. Okay, like yeah. Our, uh, our, our cargo ships and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting plane, too, Swordfish. But, I mean, it's never going to yeah. be anyone's top five. So. No, not, not our I'm top five. I'm glad the Mosquito made your top oh, five. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've always I've always loved that thing. So, I'm going to... Um, what are you going with? I'm going to go in a... Where you think anyone would go when we think World War II aircraft, uh, British, Canadian, yeah. Spitfire. You're going with the Spitfire. Love okay, it. so this is good. I'm glad. Because now we have to do... The Smackdown. The Smackdown, the Hawker Hurricane, so Supermarine Spitfire. I wouldn't make Smack. that comparison. Yeah. I wouldn't make that comparison, but there is a comparison to make, I think. Yeah. And I think, so the... The reason I'm making the comparison, yeah. again, you know, very, very idiosyncratic personal reasons. Yeah. Because my brother had a model kit for the Spitfire. And you had one for the Hurricane. I had one for the Hurricane. And when I built mine, I got glue all over the cockpit and it never looked very good. Uh, now, admittedly, he was four years older and his looked great because also the, um, the Spitfire had that beautiful bulbish yeah. razorback yeah. yeah it was gorgeous the hurricane was a bit more rugged looking yeah and a bit more ruggedish period yeah uh i mean both planes played their role in the battle of britain uh there was more hurricanes yeah with fighter command during the battle of britain than there was spitfires but the hurricane doesn't have the airframe and the engineering into it was Almost maxed out by 1942. Mm. Like there was only so yeah. much you could do. Because it's 1937 it. is when it enters production. Yeah, so it's, it, and it's, it's a, a pre-war. It's a 1930s design plane. Yeah. In fact, if you look up the Hawker Hart, I think it's called. Uh, it looks. It's a hurricane. That's a biplane. Oh like, really? All they did was chop the top wing off, and that's your oh, Hawker Hurricane. Who is? Yeah. How, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's almost identical. So it, ha- it had an enclosed cockpit, and yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 or not quite yet, but close. I think it did actually have an enclosed co- cockpit, but um, so very much like a, a dated design, a design, but well, not date, but it's just the engineering's maxed out. Yeah. Whereas the Spitfire, as I'm sure you appreciate, like went through. Upwards of fourteen different variants by the end of World War Two, 
yeah. and like increased its speed and altitude and range and everything just exponentially from like the Mark One through to like the Mark Fourteen or even the later versions were called like a Spitful or Spiteful. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was like extra long wings and a teardrop canopy and uh, and it was an incredibly high performance aircraft. Okay, the other the Smackdown then, for yeah, the Spitfire. And this is actually, you know, the historical SmackDown would be the uh, the BF one hundred and nine, the Messerschmitt. Yeah, uh, so I think it is the mirror image of it because again, yeah. like an aircraft that uh, entered service about the same time, I think performance wise was very similar, but much like the Spitfire had a lot of performance variants through the end of the war. You yeah. know, like it, but like the one hundred and nine E, which was kind of like the classic Messerschmitt of nineteen forty forty one. Yeah. Compared to like the G, oh, I can't remember what models. <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. So, to do nerd out about I this. I know. Stuff. Yeah. Like the models towards the end of the war, like yeah. it, a, a huge uh, jump. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah. I mean, as we we're talking about this, I realize it's kind of an artificial thing to go like favorite plane of World War because you actually got to go with the model because there is like such a massive so, difference. So, yeah. Especially exactly. when you're doing a head to head matchup. Exactly. Yeah. But I do say, so I do think there's a head to head matchup here. And I think it's between the P 51 Mustang and the Spitfire. Okay. I think that's right. the matchup because the P-51 is a very modern design. Yeah. Uh, didn't It enter- looks like it's a different, like it's like a different generation. It is plane. almost. Yeah. It's almost like that medium generation between uh, propeller-driven aircraft and jets. Yeah. Almost. Um, and it came into service probably 42, 43. Yeah. So it wasn't even around when the first generation Spitfires were... You know, shooting when the Spitfires were defending the world defending from the, the Nazi world scourge, of freedom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the P fifty one didn't yeah. even exist yeah. yet. Eh? Uh, in fact, the first uh, American squadrons in uh, Europe were flying Spitfires. Were they? Yeah, on lend lease. Okay, from the RAF. Oh, I was never thought lend lease going that way. It rarely did. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it say, rarely yeah. did, but yeah. it did in that direction because when America first came into the air war, like its most uh, highest performance aircraft was a P forty. Yeah. Which was a great plane and did a lot of great service in North Africa, but where due to temperatures and, and, and the type of air battle, it was more effective. But over Europe, uh, no. Like, yeah. it just was outclassed by the by the Mischmidt and at that time, the Falk Wolf 190. So, uh, American squadrons were flying Spitfires, actually, or, uh, like Mark 5s and Mark 9s, or probably yeah. Mark 5s. Um, I didn't know Britain could produce them in sufficient numbers. Yeah, Britain, like I was Britain in, and Canada. Yeah, a lot okay, were yeah. built in Canada. A yeah. lot of Spitfires built yeah. in Canada. Yeah, a lot of, lot of um, mosquitoes built in uh, A Toronto. lot of mosquitoes yeah. were built in Canada, yeah. Mm. Obviously, due to the, due to the wood. <laughs> in fact, they're made yes, of wood. Yes, yes. But by the time you get to the last generation... So, I actually do have a favorite. I have two favorites. Okay. Particular the Spitfire, the Mark 9 and the Mark 14. Yeah. So, the Mark You are leagues ahead of me in this. Like, like, the Mark 9... I like the way the wings are falling. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It is aesthetically a yeah. beautiful yeah. airplane. And I'll get into that when you compare it with the P-51. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, the Mark 9 um, would have entered service probably 43, 43. It was the response to the Falk Wolf 190. Yeah. Uh, had two 20 millimeter cannons in it with, uh, I think, two 50 caliber machine guns, I think. Whereas the Mark V, the jet, the one before, would have two 20 millimeters and four 303 machine guns. No. Um, performance on the Mark IX was a lot higher uh, than the Mark V, but um, it was the last of the Merlin powered Spitfires. Okay. Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because after that, the next one you start seeing coming in, in any numbers, is the Mark 14. 
and it looks aesthetically almost identical. Like they have four a four blade propeller. They have the two twenty millimeter cannons coming out. Uh, the airframe is a little tighter looking than the earlier versions. Uh, it looks you know like a Spitfire. It looks like the Mark Nine, but it's powered by the Rolls Royce Griffin and way like. Because I always I think, think it's of the tops. Merlin as the... Uh, the Merlin the, and, is a yeah. classic, and that's why I still like the Mark Nine. And the Mark Nine, like, there were squadrons, uh, like, RAF and RCAF squadrons were flying the Mark Nine in Europe right till the end of the war. Yeah. Like, it was a... Especially at lower altitudes, it was incredibly, uh, incredibly high-performance aircraft. But the Mark Fourteen had a better range of, of performance uh, through altitudes. I think almost as better as like fifty miles per hour faster. Like it was oh, topping okay. out like yeah. four hundred sixty miles per hour. By oh wow! Before, okay, which That's, is very yeah, yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the comparator there, I say, with the P fifty one Mustang because. That's the comparison everyone makes because these things were like, you compare it to like the P forty seven Thunderbolt. That was a big, powerful plane, but it's dumpy looking and it's heavy looking yeah. and it was apparently the american planes are so big i mean that's and one so of these is things the p-51 like, yeah that's one thing big. i like about the spitfire is it's, it's small it's like a, it's like a like a jag sort of d-type you exactly know? Yeah. and i'm glad you use that as an example because that's the example i would use and i guess it's what are you into yeah so i compare the spitfire to like a jag to a jag yeah you know and the p-51 to a corvette yeah yeah like yeah, it's yeah. big and ostentatious yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's, it is. It's, it's, and they put, like, the shark faces on the front. Exactly. Like, like, it's just so tacky. It's such a heavy airplane. Yeah, yeah. Like, its performance was incredible. And it probably was more, uh, had more of an impact singularly on the war than the Spitfire. Because the P-51 was the first aircraft that could escort bombers all the way to Europe, all the way to Germany. Yeah. And then back. Is that why and the Americans fight, could bomb during the day? And that's the why they did. Now, yeah. initially, they did it for uh their own strategic reasons they just said listen yeah. we can't hit anything at night yeah and the british were like oh well you should try just bombing cities yeah, just, <laughs> like, <yeah>. have you <laughs> just, have you tried dresden <laughs> have you tried just fire bombing cities yeah. that's yeah. pretty easy yeah that you're bound to navigate and hit yeah. them the americans were actually trying to hit like factories and things like this so they insisted yeah. on bombing during the day and suffered horrendous casualties yeah. doing it the uh, the winner of that ended up being the P fifty one because they could escort all the way there, yeah, uh, dogfight while they were there, yeah, and then, and then, then fly home. Out. Yeah, that was the end of it. Like, yeah, then there was no response that Germany could have for it. Uh, so I will say maybe the scale tips a bit because the P fifty one very influential for yeah. that reason, but it's just to me I just like the clean, nimble lines of the Spitfire, and it was the plane. I mean. As much as there were more hurricanes during the Battle of Britain, the Spitfire is more the symbol of the oh, Battle absolutely. of Britain. Oh, absolutely! It's got I the think. best press. It's yeah. like in, in that way, it's like the Sopwith Camel. It's the it plane is. that came out with yeah. the best, uh, the best PR. But it also, I mean, ran the gamut of the war from yeah. thirty-nine to forty-five in all theaters. Yeah, uh, it ended up variants of it. The Sea Fire. Uh, oh, I love it! Yeah, yeah, adopted yeah. to by the Royal Navy. What's the one that had like? And it's not a Spitfire, but it's um you know, a successor, because I think it sort of came in, like, 47. It had the double propellers in the front. I think it was a Sea... Oh, Sea Fury? Sea Fury, yeah. Yeah, well, it was... Yeah. It came in after, you're right, like, yeah. 47. It actually saw action in Korea. Yeah. The Sea Fury. Yeah. It was a very high... It was probably the maximum performance you could get, get out, of out of a, a propeller-driven yeah. well, when, when you're slapping two on... Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're doing like, everything yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah, Apparently, yeah. there's a record of, like, Aust Royal Australian Navy pilots shooting down a MiG-15. Really? Like, with, with a Sea Fury. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. So what was your second, uh, you said you had two. For World, World War II? II? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So my second one, though, is German. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to go, I think, uh, 
didn't last long because this is that era towards the end of the war where planes are changing. Yeah. We've maxed out what we can do with piston engine propeller driven aircraft for yeah. going to jet. This was one of the first <gasps> operationalized jet fighters. Those things are so beautiful. The Mishra Smith 262. Yes. Yeah. That is, I mean, I have no idea if it was a good plane. I imagine it killed many of its pilots. In, <laughs> yeah. In so it was accidents. tricky. <laughs> like, but man, it looked good. Yeah. And it was the first. So I think the British were the, actually the first to come out with a yeah. jet fighter, the it Meteor. Was. The Meteor, yeah. Yeah. And it may have actually been the first. It may have even entered operational service a bit before the 262, but not in the numbers that the no, 262 no, no. did. Yeah. And it was, and it was not, ugly. Yeah, and it was it ugly. It looked like a MiG-15 without... It just had straight yeah. wings. Yeah. It didn't have, like... So the... Because that's where the 262, I think, not only was, like, the first in any sort of operational numbers, but also uh, an imp, like impact. Like, if it would have entered the war sooner... Who knows what yeah. that could have done? Like that could have been. A cons- I, I doubt mm. it would have made much of a difference. The Red Army was, was yeah, and then you've got the Americans its coming way in, there. yeah, yeah, pumping out a Liberty ship every yeah. five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, they just weren't going to win. But, um, but it had. Uh, but I think in terms of technology and what it does for the future of military aviation, first r- really true operational jet fighter, yeah. but also had the sloped back wings, which is yeah. an aerodynamic. Is that uh, one of the first? Uh, it was the first fighter to have that. Oh, and good. that now is the standard, yeah. you know. And it took really German engineering to come up with that. Because even when the British and the Americans actually built, like, the P-80 yeah. and the P-50. Because the Meteor looks like they just took, like, a prop plane. And put two jet engines yeah. on the wings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's actually pretty close. Yeah. Uh, whereas the 262 looks like oh somebody put a lot design. of thought into that yeah, yeah almost a modern yeah. design apparently by the time they worked the bugs out of it and it was fairly effective uh and it didn't kill as many of his pilots as it did earlier on i guess it was a beautifully handling aircraft oh really okay yeah, it was i always thought it was one fly. of those ones that is like all right hands get in the cockpit <laughs> yeah. and good no, luck to you apparently it was pretty good the, it was yeah. uh it was uh it, may, it took a lot of maintenance, I think, because yeah. of what it was. But when it was flying and when it was in the air, it, it handled beautifully. Are we so, going yeah. to do a call out to the Zero? I think we had talked about the Zero. Yeah, we talked about that, and we yeah. probably should. The only reason why I would never put it on my top five is because it never... It reached its design yeah. zenith yeah. when it was built. Yeah, exactly. There were versions of it that came out later, but none no, of no, them. No, 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 no. It was an early. It was a. It was a 1940s ish design. What do they, what do they say in the tech industry? It's like the the first mover. Um, yeah. Problems, right? Yeah. You know, like it's it like was, the first. It's like you know the first i i i i book or yeah. whatever. Like it's, yeah. Or the first laptop, like it, when they were huge. You know, it's the Palm Pilot to the Apple. <laughs> <laughs> it's the like iPhone. the Merlin. What's that yeah. thing you have to write on? Newton. Is Newton. It Newton. 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 Yeah. 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 What the hell was that? Uh, yeah. Um, it's like that. I'm, and and I think Japan. Mind you, Japan was against the wall in terms of like design and resources. Like it just didn't have it. But uh, I think even like the later versions of it weren't much of an improvement yeah. on the first version yeah, yeah. of it. Uh, definitely though. I think it was such a shock to Allied pilots because there was so much racism about yeah, Japan. Yeah. And uh, and I think Allied <clears throat> commanders kind of felt this disdain for like these Japanese pilots and Japanese industry and Japanese uh, like research and development. They're like nothing. We'll be able to dispatch these ridiculous airplanes in no time. And it turned out this was a remarkable aircraft. Right up until probably forty two, forty three, it certainly ruled the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. but it's but, not on the list. But just not. It's not going to make the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go.
Post Chronologically, war. go again. Post-World War II. Okay, so... Yeah, let's do this. Um, we just ended the 40s. We're going into the 50s. Yeah. This was a gun that's going to like stretch from like 1952 to the present day. All right. It's going to be our first uh, Soviet aircraft. I'm going with the uh, the Tupolev 95. Right, the Bear. The Bear, yeah. That is an iconic Soviet yeah. plane, man. I think it's still in service. Isn't it, it is. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's, there's somebody there's out there listening like, to us right now. <laughs> Are those guys talking about us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been produced since I think the 80s right. or maybe even the 70s. Right. But they're but they're still flying. Um, and I don't think there's any. I, who knows what you know what the Kremlin's plans are, but yeah, uh, but uh, you know I don't think they've they've decided to to retire them. But it wasn't again much like say we talk about the Mosquito in terms of like diversity yeah. of the airframe. And I this mean, is this is again why I'm choosing it. Yeah, because um, I mean it came out as a strategic bomber, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And then it has morphed to like electronic Mar- warfare, electronic maritime, patrol, maritime patrol. Uh, there's been different versions yeah. of it, like uh, oh yeah, yeah, a, a surveillance of- aircraft, yeah. Yeah, it's basically yeah. like your all-purpose, you know, yep. large flying object. And it is, so it has a counter, ro- it has four or eight, four counter-rotating propellers. Uh, four, yes. Four, four yeah. counter-rotating propellers. On swept wings. On swept which is, wings. I believe it's the only... Swept wing, wing multi-engine yeah. aircraft. Or swept wing multi-engine propeller. Propeller aircraft, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. probably right, actually. It's got that, yeah. yeah. It's uh, beautifully ugly. It's like goes yeah. on for for miles, and this is this is what I was talking about the aesthetic. This is why I like Soviet stuff because it's it's like an aesthetic defined by by its use, like by its utility. It's very utilitarian. Like it's they've yeah. just like what does this thing need to do? Yeah. All right, we will do that and nothing, and nothing more. We don't care if it looks yeah. pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and it it doesn't look pretty, but doesn't. because of that, it looks cool. Yeah. Like it looks. And have you ever seen Pacific Rim? No. The giant robots punching giant monsters movie. No, I have. There's a there's a there's a there's a Russian giant robot like every country. And he has, looks I, like a Tupolev. Well, no, but he looks he looks very utilitarian. Oh, and, uh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, oh. I like that. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I, like, I'm impressed that it can you know it's got a service life from 1952 to the present. That's impressive. Um, you know, it's it's fairly fast. It's like it's like it's not you know supersonic but yeah. it's it's like i think like 900 kilometers an hour or 900 miles an hour or yeah. yeah that's not I can't slow what man it said. yeah but it's range and it's loitering time is what's impressive yeah like yeah can hang around forever and that's why i think they've such a great maritime patrol surveillance electronic yeah warfare and i don't know i don't know if there's like a, a you know a, a nato equivalent to <sighs> not really i think uh most most of these capabilities are found in a variety of native yeah. airframes. Yeah. Yeah. So I like you I like know. the multi role. I like yeah. the ugliness. I'm yeah. going. With, I'm going with that. I like the longevity. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So I'm gonna. So we'll be on the 50s here. So yeah. I have a plane that started in the 50s. We don't. Have, I don't on. think we have to go decade by decade by yeah. decade. Otherwise, we're never. So I'm gonna, gonna leave this one till later. This will be. Yeah. I don't know, my more modern one, but it did come out in the 50s. But I'll leave it. I'm gonna go with a classic jet of the 1950s. Uh, and particular versions. This is where we're going to get really geeked out here. Yeah, yeah. So just hold on tight. So generally, I'm talking the F-86 Sabre jet. Okay, yeah. That's a nice looking plane. That is a beautiful plane, man. Yeah. When I think the 1950s, like you think of design, yeah. art deco of the 1950s. Yeah, like yeah. 57 Chevy with like big fins. And yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And big, you think... And I love like the 1950s fighters. Like, we're all chromed up. 
They were chromed out. And that's what I like, I like about the, the bear as well. Yeah. It's like, it's all, it's all shiny. And that's when I think of, like, the F-86. Like, that yeah. is a 1950s jet fighter. I like, think the Republic Thunder Chief. The Rep- yeah. I don't yeah, even I know. know I actually don't know what it looks like. I it's just love that name. More utilitarian, actually. Yeah. It's more of a ground attack aircraft. Yeah, yeah. But the F-86, I mean, the six guns in the nose. Uh, just that great. Six. The whole front yeah. of it is an air intake for the jet engine. Yeah. However, I'm going to get really geeky oh my god okay because there is one version of it that is universally recognized as the epitome like we have peaked out and made the best out of the f-86 airframe as we can okay and that is was actually a canadian built version of it the canadair mark six saber okay is that the one they have at the um aviation museum Museum? it is that's a mark six yeah that's a mark six so uh, so the so the, so first off, the saber was built in many variants by uh, in the United States. Yeah, different versions of it. There was a an all weather version of it with a radar in the nose. There was different versions. It was built by license by two different companies. One in Australia, actually, Commonwealth Aircraft Company (CAC). Yeah, yeah. they built uh, sabers for the RAF or, or, or AAF. Yeah, and yeah. I think a few regional players as well there maybe the philippines and then canadair hmm. and canadair built the most um most sabers outside the united states so what, what's the, the production run on this like uh what are we talking like sort of like so of the mark six alone yeah okay let's probably t- about let's 400 400 okay yeah yeah and what so, years uh late 50s okay so, so it's post it's post um post korean war yeah. yeah yeah so the first generation so i think the first mark ones this is where someone would have to dive into it, and if anyone listened, they'd give us phone calls. But as I remember, I think the Mark One Canadair Sabre yeah. is just basically like an F-86E or whatever. Like, it's kind of like a generic one. Just took the blueprints, built like 50 of them so the RCF could have them, and away we go. The Mark Two, I think there was like one built as like a, just a, a design, an R&D. Proof of concept kind of thing. Of yeah. something, yeah. The Mark III was more calm. The Mark III was like the first kind of true Canadair saber. They went, you know, unique on some certain airframe aspects. I, I'm not entirely sure all of it. The Mark IV, I think, was built only for the RAF. They were all built for the British. Yeah. It was when you get to the Mark V and the Mark VI that they are very particularly Canadian and a lot of export, uh, built a lot for export. So the RCAF flew them both. But the West German Air Force flew a lot of Mark 5s and Mark 6s, as did the Royal Air Force. But the Mark 6 had an, what was called the Arenda Iroquois engine. It was okay. a, uh, a Canadian engine. Uh, and With a name like that? Yeah, yeah it yeah. definitely is Canadian. It had, um, I think it had, um, had like a, a forward... The front of the wing, much like the rear of the wing, can fold down like flaps. Yeah. The front of the wing could extend forward. You see that now in modern uh, jetliners, you know, where the front of the wing sort of extends forward. Okay. It creates a greater, greater oh, yeah, lift the, like the wing lift. area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd had that, incorporated that into its technology, and, and it was almost uh, an automatic thing, too. It wasn't mechanical. Like, so in certain... Uh, if certain uh, stressors were put on the airframe, this would, it would automatically extend, which is incredible oh. in dogfighting. Yeah, okay. Apparently, it was the premier uh, jet dogfighter right up until the early 60s. Yeah, but who was dogfighting? I mean, that's... See. Uh, so, it saw considerable combat in uh, Pakistan. Oh, of course. India. Of course, India. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it was, uh, it was, 
it was it probably was, in the be in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a pretty pretty effective uh, dogfighter. Yeah, um, I mean, it never saw any combat. So most of the Mark Six Sabers served with the RCAF, the Luft, German West German Luftwaffe. Yeah. I think in some other NATO countries as well, and then of course, like I say, Pakistan. Uh, I don't think it outside of Pakistan, India. I don't think it saw any combat anywhere. But in you know, at that time, like NATO was huge. Like Canada's air contribution yeah, to NATO yeah, was... alone was like twice the size of the present Canadian Air Force. It was very substantial, and they used to have like uh, air combat meets every two months. You yeah, know, it was constant. And uh, in all these meets and all of this sort of dissimilar air combat dogfighting and stuff, the Mark VI was was yeah. light years ahead of everyone else. Yeah. So it was uh, quite a design feat for Canada at that time, Good both in terms of the engine and, uh, and the airframe, and probably the maximum out of the F-86 uh, airframe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mark just going to name a plane. But for the rest of this podcast, I'm just going to name planes. And you're going to tell uh, me just everything start about talking? it. Because yeah. it occurred to me as you were talking, for no particular reason, one popped into my head that I think is a great looking plane. Yeah. That I don't really know much about, except that uh, they flew it like from Britain to the Falklands. And I think it had to stop. I'm the to Vulcan. Remember. The Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, yes. the Vulcan bomber. Yeah. So there was a whole series of these bombers. Uh, the Victor, the Vulcan. There's another one that started with a V. I forget the name of it. And they were called like the V Force. Yeah, and and, and they was, had the wings, and they all had are, like V-shaped yeah. wings it's or like, like so, Delta winged, so and they were like nineteen fifties TV show V Force. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, and it was known as that was Britain's nuclear deterrent yeah. force. Yeah, like they didn't that have, was like, how the, with the triad of they, that, yeah, they didn't have the uh, ballistic missile submarines yet. Yeah. In the 60s, and that was Britain's nuclear deterrent force, was the, these aircraft. Uh, the Victor ended up becoming an aerial tanker and flew on for quite a few years, actually, right yeah. into Gulf War, I think. They were still flying Victor tankers. But the Vulcan stayed on for quite a while. Uh, actually, it was supposed to retire from service right around the exact time of the Falklands. Oh, yeah, because its contribution to the Falklands was purely symbolic. Purely limited, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it was more just to, like, wake up the Argentinians. Yeah, just to and, show like, that they can could, do this. Yeah. But uh, that is an impressive mission. The Black Buck mission, it was called, where they would fly it from UK down to the Falkland Islands. They had to bomb... stop somewhere halfway, didn't they? Or did they uh, stop on the way back? And oh, I... no, sorry. They flew from Ascension. You're right. The yeah, Ascension okay, there you Island. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and flew. That's right. They flew to Ascension. But it took like, I forget what it was. It took like eight aircraft to do this one bombing yes, mission because yeah, exactly. they would keep fueling each other all the yeah. way down and peel off until there was only one plane left. <laughs> and if it anything went wrong with it, it was gone. Yeah. Like it would just crash in the ocean. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, they were allowed parachutes at that point in the area. Yeah, but I think yeah, it was pretty yeah, difficult yeah, luck in, in the, the South, South Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. So it. Um, yeah, flew a couple of bombing missions on Port Stanley, like bombed the airport yeah. there. Um, yeah, yeah. And I and I think it. I think it was. I don't even think it managed to put the air the airport out of commission. No, I think yeah. they. Yeah, I think they kind of almost straddled the actual runway. Yeah. But but like you say, I think it was kind of a thing. Like it. Yeah. Kind of woke up the Argentinians and gave Britain feel like we're striking. Oh, it was all about making that. Britain feel. Yeah. yeah. Feel also, good. I think probably the RAF was like, wait. Yeah, we want to play too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was definitely. Who saw this coming? It was like, more of a. Yeah, Royal Navy, Marines, yeah. Army War. There, yeah, yeah. Also, though, a lot of uh, RAF Harriers were flown off of uh, the carriers. How does it? How does Britain do it? Is it? Is it? 
are the the carrier based? Oh, I guess they don't have Harriers anymore. But back yeah, then, they still have Harriers. They still have Harriers. They're getting rid of them though. They're getting oh, okay. the F thirty five. F thirty five now. Yeah. Any day now. Yeah, like like anyone. Yeah, yeah. Are they are they RAF or are they Royal Navy? So now I think they're becoming RAF. Oh, okay. I think it's so a mixed. Sort of it's like a mixed strike yeah. wing or something. And I think most of the Royal Navy squadrons are just rotary wing or helicopter. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. I think, but I don't know. I'm, actually, I don't know that. Wait, I might there, be wrong. Is there aircraft? Ca- there are aircraft carriers, isn't? Isn't the Queen Elizabeth? That's not. That's the one that's coming out. I think it's, it's coming out. I think so, it's almost. Yeah. I think it's built. I think it yeah. does exist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Queen Elizabeth class. There's going to be two in the yeah. class. Well, we'll see. And they built one, right? No, they built two. Have they built two? I think they built oh, two because okay. one's right. pretty much in service now. And um, yeah, actually, now that I think of it, I think the squadrons are going to be Royal Navy, but they might have a mixed crew if you know yeah. what i mean i'll be rf yeah. pilots yeah, yeah, in there okay. too yeah but during the falklands war uh all of like the air defense fighters were royal navy the sea yeah. harriers and the ground okay. and the ground attack were gr3s i think they yeah. were harriers with a ground attack version of the raf harriers oh, okay all right yeah yeah, I think that's probably how it works. And like, yeah, the Royal Marines. The Royal Marines aren't. They don't really. They do they have helicopters, but yeah. only for like scouting and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. They don't really have a, a huge air arm of themselves. Yeah. yeah. yeah Vulcan. Def- that's a that's a nice looking plane. The Vulcan's yeah. very cool looking. Yeah. Plane. It has like a crew of three as well, like a navigator, a radar operator, a pilot. and a guy who makes breakfast. <laughs> and a guy who makes breakfast. <laughs> The loadmaster. in the. <laughs> yeah. cooking got to be. Oh, to be a loadmaster. To be a loadmaster. Um, um, okay, so I've got the Saber Mark Six. Let's continue on. Well, I just did the Vulcan. Oh, is that the one you wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, it, it occurred to me. It oh. just, it just occurred so to me. And, yeah, yeah. I threw it out there. Okay, so I'm gonna go. Um, this will be maybe my last one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got think one this more. This will be my this. last one. Yeah. C-130 Hercules. Good choice, good choice. That was... Entered service... You know when that thing first flew? 1954. Oh, okay. okay. All right. So yeah. it's, it's up there with... Um, with the with Tupolev. The, yeah. Yeah, with the bear. It uh, has been around forever. There's so many variants of it now. Now, it has... Like, if you get to the new C-130J, which is what is now in service with most militaries, it's... Kind of, I think it's referred to as the Super Hercules. Yeah, yeah. It is a very different looking. Yeah, it even looks a bit different than the the old C one thirty E's or whatever. But uh, I mean, so many variants of it too now. Like when you thought of it originally, just as sort of like this tactical airlifter, but now it's become like a tanker, yeah, like an aerial refueler. There's the gunship, the AC one thirty Spectres. Uh, what was the Spooky? Is the Spooky? That, uh, the... No, that's actually a DC three. Oh. Yeah, and or it was known as C forty seven or AC forty seven, yeah, yeah. the attack version. Yeah, the spooky from Vietnam. That yeah. was from Vietnam era. Yeah, but actually the um, the first AC one thirties were were introduced in Vietnam as well, and now have reached like a measure of perfection because they have like all these radar and fire control guns that can put you know forty millimeter and one hundred. Yeah, they got like the howitzer at the, yeah, the side like door, just, and, you yeah. know, and put them spot on a target. Yeah. It's really quite impressive. Uh, there's numerous uh, command and control and electronic warfare versions of the yep. C-130. Uh, there's weather versions, like the weather planes that they fly into the hurricanes. There's ones that fly off of skis uh, for Antarctica. Really? Yep. Cool. Uh, there's, of course, kind of you know classic search and rescue versions. Um, yeah, that has contributed. If you look on, so you go to Wikipedia and it'll say, you know, countries that fly a C-130. 
and you know they're all in blue. It's yeah. like most Every, of the yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like everyone flies C one thirties. It is one of the most. Common it's a, such trans- a, And I gotta say, I think it's a good looking. Using my utilitarian aesthetic, yeah. I really like it. Yeah. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. So so compact. It is. Yeah, yeah. powerful looking. Powerful uh, yeah. looking. Yeah. Yeah, I love. Oh, it. I it's love a that great plan. short takeoff performance. There's an old version that the that Canada used to fly. Is that what it was designed for primarily? It's the short takeoff. Yes, ability. that's yeah. what it was. It was sort of a. Uh, not a byproduct of Vietnam because obviously it came out in the fifties, yeah. but that sort of became the spin-off benefit. Was yeah, the so the CBs don't rough. have to spend so long. Building. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and then they would perfect the various like the uh, uh, dropping uh, supplies as it would fly along an yeah. airfield. Like it would drop off with the skid with the parachutes. And yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. You could drop like tanks that way. You could drop bulldozers. You could do all that. It had a version that Canada had for a while. It was called a. It was, it was like a rocket takeoff assist, and it had like eight rockets at the back of the plane that Sorry, were disposable like rockets. A, yeah. Literally, yeah. it was on. They would four on each made side by of Acme. the yeah. yeah, made literally. It looked like they just yeah. glued them on. Yeah. they're ready to take off on their own. And all eight of those rockets would or JATO jet jet assisted takeoff. I think it was yeah. called. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, but they were rockets. They were jets. Doesn't matter. Uh, and it would just give it that boost, and it would take could take off on an even shorter distance on like in Arctic runways and stuff like this. But apparently, it was such a stress on the airframe they had to stop using it. Oh yeah, because it was I just wearing the airframe yeah. out. Yeah, but um, yeah. So there we go. C one thirty Hercules. Yeah, definitely. I I fully endorse that. Iconic we haven't airplane. had many. Um, well, I guess I guess we had uh, during the World Wars we had uh, we had fighters, but we're sort of moving. Yeah, into... we haven't had a lot of transport planes in our list. We've yeah. been talking a lot of yeah. fighters. Well, the two left, the Vulcan. I thought he, you know, he, military aviation. You think fighters, fighters, yeah, maybe no, I bombers. Liked, to I really like the multi-role planes. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, like like, the in terms of like adding, you know, contributing yep. to uh, to the military effort, uh, the multi-role guys. There's probably, a lot there yeah. that they bring to the fight. Yeah, yeah, I know. And the C-130 uniquely like that. The yeah. C-130s, the tankers. Yeah, yeah. A the logistics group. plane. The, 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 the plane that's like, yeah, exactly. I take care of pay. <laughs> <you know? laughs> this one only. Yeah. It has a coin shoot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I can drop coins yeah. out. Yeah. It's really pay and benefits. <laughs> the pay and benefits yeah, yeah. C-130. The C-130. C-130. Mark. Mark. 26. <laughs> the compensation and benefits C-130. Um, All right. My okay, last so one. you're going to do one last I'm one? I'm going to do last, one last one. I actually don't know that much about it, so I'm going to depend on you for this. Okay. But uh, this one ticks all my boxes. It's pretty ugly and awesome looking at the same time. Yeah. Kind of multi-role or at least an, an underappreciated role. It's big and heavy and looks like it should have been de- designed by the Soviets, but it actually was wasn't. It? Yeah. And Childhood Link, because um, G.I. Joe had one. It was the plane, and I can't remember who flew it. It was okay. Sergeant Somebody. He had a big, like, cowboy hat on. Okay. <laughs> Flying a jet with a cowboy hat. Yep. Yeah. yeah. G.I. Joe, I don't think they followed, you know, whatever yeah. safety <laughs> protocols are, are, are hamstringing our military yeah. now. It's this nanny state <laughs> yeah, that we've exactly. got here. i got to wear a helmet. Yep. Yeah. But I'm going with the uh, the A10 Thunderbolt. Yeah, good choice, man. A10 yeah. Thunderbolt two, actually. Yeah, it's called the Thunderbolt two because the first Thunderbolt oh, was a yeah. P47. Okay, so they call it the P the uh, A10 Thunderbolt two. Okay, I gotta there see. There was one before. School um, already. You know, I don't know a ton about the A10. I mean, apparently the Air Force does not like it. <laughs> they hated it. Yeah, yeah, they hated it. Yeah. They never wanted it. Uh, it's a cold, it's a classic Cold Warrior. Uh, almost eight, all the A-10s that were built were uh, 
were shipped to U.S. Air Forces Europe. Yeah. Uh, for the sole purpose but tank of killing, right? blowing up Soviet tanks. Yeah. Yeah. To which yeah. the whole airframe is built around a 30 millimeter cannon. I love that. That sticks in right in the nose. Yeah. I love and it is so, we start with the gun so and ostentatious. The... Yeah. Like, because every modern fighter has a cannon in it. Like, has a cannon. Like, the you know, F 18s, F 15s, they all have a cannon. But for design reasons, aerodynamic reasons, it's always sort of hidden and yeah. sort of, you know, flush in with the airframe. Yeah. I mean, you can't even see where it is. Not the A-10. We're not concerned about aerodynamics on the A-10. It Again, a utilitarian. Big, aesthetic. Yeah. airplane. airplane. Yeah. Uh, so they just, okay, we're going to put this giant Gatling gun in the nose and build an airplane. Because it's got it. two honking engines at the back. Yeah. But it's got straight wings. Straight wings. So they're turbo fan engines as opposed to turbo jet engines. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, which is more what you let's, find. Let's geek like, out. Tell me, tell me the difference. I don't even really know the okay. difference. I know the performance difference. So those are more common you'd find on airliners. So they oh, produce okay. a lot of thrust. Yeah. Uh, but they're not like high performance engines. Okay. But that is sort of what they wanted with the A-10. Because if you also notice, it is its wings are like, you know, ten feet thick. Yeah, they're not ten feet thick, but, but they're yeah, thick they're wings. Thin. Yeah, thick heavy wings that can carry a ton of ordnance. Yeah, uh, like it can drop bombs and missiles on stuff all day long and still have a ton of ordnance left uh, for strikes. So uh, lower fuel consumption as well, I think, for that type of engine. But lower high speed, obviously. But yeah. I mean, it's still probably like, apparently it flies at like 550 miles per hour, which is fascinating. Pretty fast. Yeah. pretty fast, but that's like World War Two level performance almost. You know, when you think of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it is. For, it is. In know, fact, yeah, because I think I think the mosquito was like 450, 440 yeah, or 450. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're talking like almost you know entire generation but, I mean, performance, but. It's, but it's it's, it's ground attack. It's a ground yeah. attack plane. I always I always feel like ground attack planes don't get the the props. Yeah, they, they do. Like whenever Russian planes get shot down, it's always like the Su twenty fours or like the yeah. Frogfoot. Like, well, that was like the first opening days of the Persian Gulf War, the first one we had. Yeah, as opposed uh, to yeah. multiple yeah. ones ever. The since. good one. The good one. Yeah, apparently. Uh, and the A ten features prominently in there. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. But the first day of the air combat, I remember all the planes shot downs were uh, tornadoes. There are yeah, tornadoes yeah. that were striking airfields. So there's something yeah. weird about the tornado where, oh God, I was reading it and I can't remember exactly what it is, but they didn't have like the same, you know, defense mechanisms that um, the Americans the had because had, the Britons probably. couldn't, Brits couldn't afford it. Probably some so, form of electronic. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, they didn't have yeah. that. So yeah. it was just like fly lower. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and they all got... Uh, a lot of them got shot down. Not they all, sorry. Yeah, not all of them. But yeah, yeah. So the A-10 ended up becoming, I think, famous during the Paul, the Persian Gulf War. I think that, like, it became, along with, like, you know, the Scud missile and the Patriot yeah. missile, uh, I think the A-10 became, like, uh, it's an iconic symbol of that Persian Gulf War. Because it was just so effective. Well, I mean, the, the amount of damage it can take. Incredible. Well, yeah. that's the other thing, too. I mean... As a ground and air, a ground attack aircraft, I mean, it loiters around looking for targets. You know, it holds itself out there for damage, and it can take that damage. Yeah, like it can take numerous cannon hits and still just keep flying. Yeah, there's a lot. Apparently, a lot of redundancy built into its uh, avionics systems as well. Okay, so, so it can part take it can a break. lot of damage yeah, yeah. and still like you know recircuit itself or whatever. Um, you know, the, you're right. The Air Force hated it. The Air Force it was like forced on them. Uh, I think they would still love to get rid of it, but it's still in service. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they're planning to replace it with the uh, with the, the F thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is yeah. really weird because it's a totally different well I, style of airplane. 
but I mean, isn't isn't that the 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 lore of the F thirty five? Is that it? It does. It's the Swiss Army knife. It airplane. is. It is. Yeah. And they, people forget that the F thirty five is actually there's three versions of mm, the F thirty five. You with it, your versions, but it's yeah. yeah it's true. But there two of them. I don't think are a lot different. I think one is more air defense. The other one is more multi role. I'm not really sure what the difference is there. But the 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 final version, or I think it is the C version, actually, is the one that the Royal Navy will be getting and the U.S. Marines will be getting, and it is a vertical takeoff and landing version, like a Harry. Jesus, it really does do it. Oh, I mean, yeah, but that's a totally, to but that's yeah. almost a totally different jet. Yeah, you know, and so I think a lot of the bad press about the F-35 was coming out. It was actually about that version. Man, there's a bigger conversation here that you could have. Like, do you? How much do you even need manned aircraft, manned fighters anymore? Like. Maybe you still do, but you would ask a. I think it's a live question. Yeah, you know, I think for a medium power country like Canada to be asking, like, what do you want out of a fighter plane now? And if you want something that you can put a dude or a chick in a cockpit and they can fly around and exert quote unquote sovereignty, well, then you need manned aircraft. If you think you need something for pure air defense, eh, then probably you need a manned aircraft still. But if you just need, like, a combat weapons delivery system, yeah. then you don't need manned aircraft anymore. Like, that's, they're actually a waste of time and money. In fact, if you're seeing most recent air, like, strikes are always launched by cruise missiles yeah. or drones. Yeah. And that's the future of, like, ground attack and, and sort of tactical strategic level strikes. So. Well, that's a good way to wrap this up. All yeah. of this has been in for naught. Uh, yeah, waste of time. It's all the history uh, the of beautiful futures. planes, and we're just yeah. gonna fly these ugly drones. No, that, I think missiles. that makes them even more beautiful. It does make them more beautiful. You know, their no, time has come and gone. Their time has probably yeah, fast. Uh, it's fast disappearing. We should have done the Osprey. Ah, oh, it's an amazing plane. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Next step. Next, Next step. Episode. Yes. Weird airplanes. All, all right. right. Good night, everyone.